and welcome to RWR Now. The episodes that we do for this are just stuff that is going on right now, contemporary things. And uh, there's nothing more contemporary on New Year's Eve than a review of the year just passed. So this will go out on the 31st of December. We've got a bit of a review of today, 2023, through a number of news stories, I guess. I guess you could say the big news stories of the year that have taken place in wrestling, mainly to do with WWE and AEW, as you might imagine. And uh, I figured the big, the best place to start, the most important place to start, and the thing that will probably be most historically significant about 2023 before i go into that steven and tom are here <laughs> sorry guys <laughs> it's new year's eve where are you going tonight <laughs> Any, anywhere anywhere but where steven's going is, is my is my response to that <laughs> oh my god what's the plot I'm delirious oh, at this point know where you are even if you're not physically there mentally you're in linacus i think we <laughs> yes, know where you yes. Are. oh i'm going back one more time in 2024 can't wait which way are you going wait. uh porta Banus. which is um, Marbella, basically. Marbella, I see. Yeah. So you and you haven't been to you haven't been to the the Louf, have you? I've never I've never ticked that off, and I'm not sure I'm going to now, unfortunately. Oh, mate, random wrestling review. Past my fiftieth trip to Magaluf. <laughs> my fiftieth, everyone's invited. Yeah, let's do it. Lovely <laughs> stuff. So yeah, apologies, I forgot to introduce you both, but I bet I thought I'd better do it before we get cracking. First, the biggest news story of the year, and as I said, the most historically significant, I would suggest, is everything that took place earlier this year with WWE being merged with Zuffa, the parent company of USC, to form TKO, part of the Endeavor Group. These corporate structures are ridiculous. I think you agree. I've had to name four different companies just to get to the the main company. But anyway, the the main upshot of that, certainly for pro wrestling at the moment, is the that creatively Vince McMahon appears to be almost entirely now separated from what's going on. He apparently didn't even know that CM Punk was coming back before CM Punk came back. The fact that that happened is a massive difference to anything that would have ever happened beforehand. So it's probably the best kind of indication we've ever had that Vince McMahon is no longer in control. And I think we're all happy about that. This is the big one. This is surely the big news of 2023, possibly the biggest wrestling news since WCW and ECW died in 2001. I would suggest. Crikey. Is this a bigger story than that, perhaps? Possibly. I don't know. Possibly so. Because the fact that Vince McMahon doesn't own WWE, WWF, I think other than the Ben, the Benoit story is probably the biggest wrestling story in our, in our, of our time watching wrestling, I think. I think this might be number two. I think, I think Ari Emanuel, I mean, bloody hell, what a blinder this guy played. He came in, he wanted the company. This is obviously a very, very clever guy. You know, he's got UFC is an absolute license to print money. He came in, he schmoozed Vince. It's all right, Vince, you can come on back. And he put up with it for a little bit of time while they were putting the deal through. And then as soon as that deal was done and it was all completely done, they'd gone through whatever due diligence had to do. He was out of there. And it's it's the best thing. Go and do some deals in Saudi Arabia for UFC, Vince. Get away from WWE because Ari Emanuel is a clever guy and he's listened to people and he knows that all of the created up, creative upsurge, the business upswing, all of that stuff was down to Triple H. And I, I think it's one of the best, it's just the absolute best thing. And again, you've got all of this goodwill with WWE. Triple H is booking 
And he is basically largely, the Cody Rhodes thing aside, but I think we'll get there eventually, giving the people what they want. And that's not difficult. And you, and you think as a result of that, what have you got? You've got probably four or five really hot baby faces in that promotion. You stick Dominic Mysterio out of there and you've got people booing him out of the building. The, the television is easy to watch. They they tease little things backstage and, and all that stuff's going to pay off because the booking makes sense for the first time perhaps in decades. And it's just, I think it's a, it's a joy to behold that this is where we've got to with WWE because I think we can all, Vince is a horrible character, lots of shady stuff in the past, just shady's probably understating it. He's gone, it's over, it's finished, he'll never be back. And now we've got Triple H's WWE to look forward to. And we can ride this way for probably, hopefully, a good few years while this creative upswing continues and all these over characters play out and all the stories and stuff happen. So it's great. I think it's, it's such a telling sign of how bad Vince had got his job and how evidently good Triple H is that despite the fact that Vince McMahon is no longer in charge of WWE, no longer owns it, no longer in charge of creative. And it's a seismic thing that's happened because we as fans of wrestling have never known uh, wrestling without Vince McMahon at the helm of it. And it doesn't feel that big, even though it is a huge thing. Do you know what I mean? Like to, to me, mm. it doesn't. I'm just like, well, it's, it's good again. Do you know what I mean? Like, whereas if it had gone the other way, and it had gone really left, and I don't know, they left, <laughs> they got fucking Vince Russo back in to be the head booker. You would be like, what the fuck is happening? What has gone on? Do you know what I mean? So, it, 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 as you said, Stephen, it kind of, I think it, it harkens back to the smartness of Ari Emmanuel. I keep thinking Ari Gold, yeah. who was the character yeah, 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 based yeah. on in, in Entourage. But like, I just think that, yeah, it's 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 a massive thing that doesn't feel like a massive thing because it's been handled so well since his departure. It's the best thing that could have happened to the product is Vincent Mann fucking off or getting told to fuck off and I think the future only genuinely looks bright and you, you, you said about five or six hot baby faces I think about the entire roster I think there's probably about 10 to 15 people that you could realistically put in the main event of a pay-per-view and you wouldn't blink and they're doing really interesting things across the creative over the year Tinky and I were talking about no it was Money in the Bank wasn't it when Cody fought Dominic Mysterio yeah and just in the middle of the card like he'd gone through his program with with Brock I think or was maybe still in the midst of the program with Brock but Brock obviously wasn't going to come to England for a pay-per-view so they were like well let's just put this in a match and that's not something that would ever have happened they would have tried to have contrived a really crap storyline out of it and made them have three matches on pay-per-view in a row do you know what I mean and it just and that sort of thing that like the really predictable lazy booking just doesn't seem to happen I don't think Triple H's booking is infallible I think there's a few still a few things that like for example he seems to be a huge fan of really really long title reigns and I don't necessarily Necessarily think yeah. that every title should be given around, you know, hot potatoed around. But you still, it's still good to have the element of surprise every now and again. And just have, you know, on some random show, the big title change hands, and that'd be a bit of an unexpected surprise. But other than that, I don't have any real criticisms of the Triple H reign so far, and I think that's a credit to the the company as a whole and how it's run. In terms of that Triple H criticism about the long tie reigns, I don't think that's the problem. I don't think you'd notice that if there weren't as many belts. Okay. I think yeah. if there were just three belts and they all had long time the length of title reigns they've had right now like the tag team the roman reigns title whatever that's called these days and the ic belt that gunther's got they'd still be really long title reigns but you'd accept it more because there's less of them i think it's just because there's so many and so little few of them are changing hands then you're like well this is weird now it just feels like much. well in a way yeah and i think that there is just too many but that's also triple h's fault he didn't have to bring the world heavyweight championship back so that's for me where the the weakness is in my my view i also think that he hasn't been great with booking the women i I still believe that he's not been super 
superb with the way they, he's booked them. For example, on WrestleMania 38 and 39, I know he wasn't really in control of 38, but there's not been a women's match in the main event, for example, at WrestleMania the last two years anyway. And I'd be surprised if there is one this year, because we've got Punk and Rollins probably, and Reigns versus Cody probably on the second night. So I, I would be surprised if that happened. And I, so I've just, and also I still can't, I still think it's unforgivable that they've got the women's tag team belts and still haven't actually sorted out a division for it. Like as in actual people who can compete for it and be regular, you know, competitors for that. But I, th- I think what I'd say, what I've seen so far, I think Triple H has been really good, but I'm not even sure he's great at it. He's just good at it. And I don't think we've been in a position to have anyone good at it for a long time. So we're yeah, just yeah, feasting time. out on it at the moment. And, it, you know, I think the other thing to say, and I, I, and I, I get what you're saying, Stephen, about the Benoit story. And I guess in my view, it's less about maybe, I think that was a big story, but I don't think it's as historically significant. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it, it hasn't changed, doesn't really change the business. I guess there's been more sort of cognizance around um head injuries and it's been a bit more about steroid abuse and all that stuff but realistically i'm not sure that changed everything massively overnight and and i think it was more of a a gradual thing obviously eddie it it also happened before you know a few years before that this though is massive the the business has regardless of what people think and there will be lots of people who disagree with this because they think that other you know other wrestling promotions don't ape what wwe do but where wwe goes the industry goes because wwe is the most popular it is the one that attracts your 10 year old kids who are new fans who start to watch and then potentially go elsewhere but they're still looking for elements of what wwe provide even if it's only small elements of it you know even if it's only this part of what wwe provide or that part wwe still set the tone and that tone has been set by vince mcmahon since like 1980 effectively i mean admittedly at that point there were still lots of other big promotions but certainly since the national expansion of the wwe the tone of pro wrestling has been set in some way by vince mcmahon that will no longer be the case and that's pretty massive in itself all of us are fans of an era which has been typified by the way Vince McMahon books and we all started watching wrestling as a consequence of the things Vince booked and that will not be the case for now a new generation of fans and that's massive too so that's that's for me the big thing is it's it's genuinely era defining the the the, the tricky thing now though before I let you speak Tom the, the tricky thing now though is with this in particular this particular story is we're now in a position of the devil we don't know and we don't know what comes next. We don't know, for example, if business takes a downturn. We don't know what happens if who gets put in place instead of Triple H, if they turn around and say business is going down, the creative is the problem, we need to replace him. There is a slight concern there, but we just don't know. With Vince, there was always this the devil we know kind of thing. We we don't know where we are with it now. I was just thinking what you said then about obviously us, us as fans falling in love with wrestling at a certain time period being shaped by, you know, the way that Vince booked at the time. I, I wonder how it, that kind of like affects people who are fans of like, because obviously we've, we've spoken in the past about WCW having loads of different bookers. So it was obviously like your man, Steve, big Bill Watts was like the booker at one point, wasn't he? And then Kevin Sullivan, and obviously Eric Bischoff during the NWO and Dusty Rhodes earlier and that stuff. And I wonder if there's like a, an element of like people who liked that specific style of wrestling and then stopped watching as a result of, obviously they probably wouldn't know who was booking it, but like if there's any kind of correlation between wrestling fandom and the person who books it. And obviously as we've always had Vincent Mann effectively booking it, or admittedly in massive like peaks and troughs throughout his, his tenure, is it? But like the idea that we would stick with it because we know it can be really good depending on who's writing the show. I, th- I think the thing that I was, thinking about it's not necessarily the the minutia of who or or given time and period in a given promotion is the booker more that even wcw in the early 90s were hugely influenced by what vince was doing 
like mm. in terms of if you think about some of the silly stuff they did some of the sort of over-the-top nonsense they did in those those years their production stuff that they would have they would have changed at those times all that stuff is informed by Vince McMahon's vision for what pro wrestling was going to be so it's, it's more a macro thing which is that even the people even if you grew up watching WCW instead even that was informed by the way Vince McMahon was doing wrestling mm. not necessarily before that when Jim Crockett was in place but when you got to Ted Turner it became informed by the way Vince did stuff not necessarily I, I, entirely a copy, but informed by it. Yeah, I completely see that. I, I think the thing with with WWE is that I think for a long time people thought that only Vince could do it, and I don't think that's that's true. I think actually the Vince McMahon glory years, it was a far more simple product to book because what are you actually booking? Yeah, you're booking the house shows, which are repeat matches over and over again. Like doing weekly television is much harder than that, especially in an era where you're doing five hours. So I think Triple H just really simplifies it and it'll do a long match and it'll do a couple of segments and it'll really slow i think he's really slowed down you think about the cm punk debut he, he didn't give anything on survivor series at all the first promo on raw was about six minutes and people said it's not really enough we're a bit disappointed in that then he then he cuts a promo on smackdown so like, oh, i quite like that that's better give it a bit more then you had the rollins thing the week afterwards and there was a bit more then and i bet i'm not even we were, when we're recording this what well, i don't know what it is 19th of december I'm, I'm not even sure he's going to be on raw that week so i bet you're not going to get that much it's a couple of weeks you've still got some time to go so he does space this stuff out and i think if we get to a point where you know whether it's health reasons or whatever there's people around that can punk you know, there's there's already rumours about Punk and XT and what happens when Shawn Michaels retires in a few years' time. I mean, there's people around Brian Danielson. The, he, I know it sounds ridiculous. The guy that runs RevPro. I mean, there's 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 plenty of people that have got I, not not in the number one position, but in a you, you can stick him in an advisory in NXT or something and bring people through. There's people out there that could do it. Don't get me wrong. I don't think Vince McMahon's irreplaceable in that respect. Obviously, he's not. We're we're living it now. But I also think that you need a pretty sizable apprenticeship doing yes yeah um so you you, you're right and you know you could get somebody who's booking in indie territory but they'd need to be an understudy to someone for a good few years to get into the rhythms of how all of that will work because like you said with Vince the product was pretty simple to book in the 80s but an independent promotion is pretty simple to book if you're booking say 20 shows a year and more than likely than not you're not booking that many and in most cases if you're booking effectively two shows every single week plus a pay-per-view every month pretty much and they're long shows and they've got to go on television and they've got to be produced to a certain thing and they've got to you've got to hit certain time marks and everything else that's a whole different kettle of fish yeah. you're not saying that people couldn't do it but it does take a lot and also i do th- i do think triple h is uniquely placed in the wrestling world to do it because triple h didn't come through wwe system yeah and that's the other yeah. thing that's a problem right now is that the yeah. vast majority of talent in the world has come through wwe system at some point and are massively informed by it and i think triple h has, has actually got a grounding in what wrestling could be elsewhere and that's helping him break new ground in terms of what wwe do and he's so he's sort of mixing the two and i, I think that's something that most independent promotions promoters right now is it andy quilden the the yeah. promoter of rev pro yep. have grown up with wwe's television as their main influence mm. like even you know in general they may have have other influences but that was their that's their base influence whereas with triple h I, it's not you know i mean he's still got that kind of territory's memory if you like yeah do you think that that's possibly what they're in nxt it's not just about the talent but they're also obviously they're trying to get the next generation of like bookers and obviously like production talent 
through to come up into the to working on the main roster so for example i'm thinking like i can't, I can't imagine triple h doing this anytime soon but say for example like we, w- one of the things we talk about quite a lot it's mentioned on the whatsapp group loads and i know you're a big advocate of this on twitter steven is that they need to like tony Khan needs to break they need to replace the booker and we mm. we actually discussed this when we did the trade pod a couple of weeks ago didn't we Tinky? and where you said like Shawn michaels maybe going over to aw but do you think that like if triple h needs to take like a break or needs to take some time off away from here then they've got potentially a ready-made replacement in Shawn Michaels that can come in and I don't, take over that role. I don't think Triple H bothers with the minutia of the, the shows. This is what I think the big difference is. I think what he's he does is sort of oversee a general creative direction that he wants. Probably things like Roman Reigns needs to hold on to the title to WrestleMania 40 where he can face Cody Rhodes, for example, and maybe consults on their anything that involves Roman Reigns and anything that involves CM Punk or whatever. But everything underneath that he probably just goes ask people to do it they come back to him and he goes yeah that's fine and then because mm-hmm. he probably doesn't care too much and shouldn't care too much about the minutiae of every single person only the people that matter to the the money making side of the business so i i imagine what probably happens is he's probably got somebody in charge of raw and someone in charge of smackdown in general and then he just adds the bits that matter to the bigger picture like the stuff that's going to add up to WrestleMania. Yeah, I completely agree. Do you know what? Slight devil's advocate. I know you probably want to move on to another topic, but I completely agree with you about serving an apprenticeship. But do you know who's the the opposite to that in terms of their booking at the start when they had no experience was much better than their booking when they had some experience? It's Tony Khan. So Tony Khan had that first couple of years booked in his mind, probably. Yeah, but that wasn't an apprenticeship, was it? He was doing the job. No, no, exactly. So so I, I, I wonder, if. so for example, if you said... I don't, perhaps I don't want to choose CM Punk. Let's choose CM Punk. You said tomorrow, right, Triple H has got, Triple H is out of the business for 18 months. Punk, you're in charge. I think he'd do it. I think he'd do a fine job in the role that you said, Ben, not the minutia. And I think Vince was the minutia. Vince was changing everything. Mm. But as soon as Vince went, you felt this, you could, I remember li- watching quite a lot of the show for the first time in years before Clash at the Castle. And you'd listen to Michael Cole. And I guess it was Pat McAfee on commentary then. And there was just this release of like pressure. Mm. And they yeah. were, they were having a laugh on it. And I think Triple H just like, just go and do it. It's fine. Like, And I think you're absolutely nailed that in terms of his is all up here, where he's got people like Bruce Pritchard and, very, and there's what, um, who's the other? It's like Abyss is there now. I think Jeremy Borash is in there. There's all sorts of old TNA people there. Terry yeah, Taylor's weird, down yeah. in NXT with Shawn Michaels. So they're all doing the producing. And that's the way, that's what that role should be. Whereas in AEW, I think Khan's doing, a Dan, Danielson's helping with some other people, but Khan's in it too much. And that's the, that's the difference. So I'm going to move on to the next sto- uh, the next news story. And actually, I'm going to wodge a load of them together because we've taken quite a lot of time on that particular topic. So the ne- the number two story I was going to talk about was CM Punk is fired by AEW and signs with WWE, which is obviously massive. But I'm going to add to that, Will Ospreay and Adam Copeland signed with AEW and Jade Cargill signs with WWE. So these were other stories. I had lesser stories, but stories all the same. So I, I've got a thing about this. I've got really quite a strong opinion that even though it's great seeing punks back in in WWE, and it's probably a disappointment to all concerned in AEW that they had to fire CM Punk, apparently at the recommendation of a panel that included Daniel Bryan or Bryan Danielson. I believe that AEW have done the best business of the year in signing Will Ospreay. And that comes as someone who doesn't rate him anywhere near as highly as Stephen does. Uh But the reason I say that (laughs) is because 
Will Ospreay has got this incredible reputation. He's had main event level matches all over the world in front of a variety of different audiences. So he's got great experience and a depth and variety of experience. Should be able to cope with pretty much anything. He's 31, I believe, 31 years old. 30. 30 years old. Yep. And, and most importantly, almost zero exposure in North America, but still has a reputation that's massive. That is huge. Like, that just doesn't come along at all. Remember when Jericho went from WCW to WWE back in 99? He had a huge reputation. Uh, a lot of WWE audience hadn't watched him, but he had been on television for like three, four years. And he instantly felt like a big deal because they, first of all, they presented him as such. He already had a reputation, so there was some hype around him anyway. And then he also knew how to handle himself because he had experience of, of a lot of different places. Willisbury's in exactly the same position, except he's got even less exposure on North American television. So it's really fresh for the North American audience. I think it's a huge, massive signing. Just absolutely the best signing of the year, in my opinion. He's going to a show that no one fucking watches. <laughs> but that's not the point. I'm not saying that Will Ospreay is not the best thing for Will Ospreay. I think the best thing for Will Ospreay would have gone to WWE. I'm yeah, saying AEW right. have made the best signing out of the I, two companies. I'm probably the worst place to comment on this um, because I think I've maybe seen two Will Ospreay matches, both of which I'm sure Shame. I enjoyed. I'm sure Shame. I enjoyed. Give me a list, Stephen, and I'll, and I'll watch them. I um, will do. Yeah. Um, but I, I just can't have a thing. Like, maybe I'm coming at it from from the wrong angle, thinking that I'm thinking it from a Will Osprey perspective. I think he's he's probably going to be very good by all accounts in AEW because by all accounts he's a very good talent. But I think that for him, he should have gone to WWE. He, he, he should have. I agree. Cause, yeah, because he'd have been he'd have had all of that. Plus, he would have had more eyes on him. I think so. Going back to the people, I think it's a really good. I think I think it's probably the best of both worlds in CM Punk going from AEW to WWE. I think it gives him a chance to probably get the last few years, probably his you know his last good run in WWE, kind of close that chapter on his career. I think the fact that he's going to be on a more working in a more kind of professional and tight environment will probably only be good for him as well. I think that he's going to be given a clearly defined plan. And I think that him and Triple H, as you said, in, in regards to the last question, will probably be collaborating together to work out what they want to do in, in the long run. And I think it's the best case scenario for what's happened with them. I think Jade Cargill could potentially be quite a massive get for WWE. I think she's got a lot of star potential to her. And I think that I couldn't give a fuck about Edge going to AEW. And I think it's a bizarre signing because well, what it what it reeks to me of is that Tony Khan was like, oh, I've always wanted to play with Edge. So I'm going to sign him now. No one's watching AEW to watch Edge. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't, I don't see the point in that signing at all. I think it's, and it's going to end up just being a self-indulgent wank fest between him and Christian for a couple of months they'll feud and then they'll get together and then they'll have another feud and they'll both retire and they'll walk up the ramp crying with their arms in the air and everyone will think that was all right maybe uh, before i let you steve before i let you come in on everything that's the thing i'm most concerned about with AEW is that no doubt about it tony khan's passionate about it but the minute he loses interest it goes away doesn't it the whole thing just falls apart falls to pieces doesn't it because he's doing the he's running it he owns it as far as i understand it goes doesn't it, it, it the minute he turns around and goes oh, i can't bother with this anymore he's, he's rich enough to go fuck it, don't give a fuck it's gone i'd be surprised i'd be surprised if tony will do that because i think that he's shown at fulham when he's so stubborn that it's obvious his passion is right let's 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 be frank the, the dad dad's got more money than it's oh, yeah. not on anyone. Yeah. So he bought a football club and then st- stuck his son in because his son liked, liked playing with numbers and looking at stats. And that's OK, because you can lose 
50 million quid a year and it doesn't really matter um the wrestling i think is his passion i think he'll hold on to that until such point come to comes where he's I don't know if someone could remove him but I suppose don't know the the, th- the thing that we haven't spoken about and by the time this is out there might be more about it is the really big story in 2024 could be what happens with Raw and if Warner Brothers Discovery buy Raw for 2025 and what happens with AEW if that happens because AEW are negotiating as well as far as I understand it they've got a deal to the end of 24 and we're talking about I think Raw is up in September next year would be the change, I believe. I think that's right. If they go to TNT or TBS and AEW are kicked off that network, that is ECW and yeah. WWE TNN all over again. And that is that will be a huge, huge, huge story. And I don't really know what happens to AEW at that point. I suspect they'll be picked up by somebody, but whether it's less money, you know, whether that drastically alters what the company can do, I don't know. So that's that's coming. With regards to Punk and Osprey, and I'll try and keep this relatively relatively brief. Oh, I think God, I, could, um, I could see your, your your erections poking up. Yeah, I know. On the, top well, of the camera. <laughs> I, I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd love to have seen Punk versus Osprey. I think that the likelihood of that is is decreasing. Punk, what they did to Punk in AEW is what is kind of similar to what WWF did with Bret Hart in 97, but in a not in a deliberate way. Bret Hart in 97 by October, there was a, there was a show in Madison Square Garden where he cut a promo saying the best there is, the best there was, the best there will be. And the crowd cheered him. But most of the crowds in America weren't going to cheer Bret Hart at that point because of all of the promo work he'd done for the earlier of the year. So as I think he said in Wrestling With Shadows, you've given the heel spot to Shawn Michaels and the, he can't be a babyface anymore. And in CM, with CM Punk in AEW... All of the stuff that happened, there is, if you, you only have to look on Twitter right now, there's people on, on Twitter that think AEW is the best thing that's sliced bread. Fair enough, fair enough. That's what you think. Fair enough. The elite are the best, blah, blah, blah. It's all fine. CM Punk's the devil. Everything, every, everything that's gone wrong is his fault. But that 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 fan base that was buying tickets to Collision, a lot of those are kind of quote unquote smart fans. He's not going to get the overwhelming baby face reaction from that crowd. So he was a busted flush. I don't think he wanted to go heel for whatever reason. And actually, even if he did go heel, the fa- the 30 or 40% that were cheering him probably still would have cheered him. I'm not sure it was ever going to work there. So the best thing for him was to get out of the company. They ruined him. And, and, and all of the, the demands and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, he probably sounds like a bit of a prick backstage. But actually, if you're in charge and you're the boss, you say no. You don't have to yeah. put him on your TV. You don't have to hire him in the first place. The, the Osprey thing... I was a bit gutted and disappointed that he he signed with AEW, but I think there's a few a couple of things at play here. Tony Khan put him on the card at at, at Wembley and having bit had him beat Jericho, he had him beat o- o- Omega on Forbidden Door, no contract. So there's obviously some trust there, and you've got you got you've got the big carrot of Wembley in the main event, and he even said it at Rev Pro. He said it on Rev Pro on Saturday night. I'm going to main event Wembley this year. Now I know that's promo, blah blah blah. That that I'm sure is the plan for him. Him and the, whoever the world champion is, that's the main event. And the thing is, Osprey's 30. He already said his last Rev Pro match is going to be in February. He's not going to do British Indies. How many matches is going to work next year? 15, 20 maybe. Versus what he's been doing the last couple of years. That elongates that next three years. And then it's WWE. Is when it you've exclusive been... to AEW as well? He can so work in New Japan. Japan. He can... He, no, he can work in New Japan. He'll probably do some New Japan dates, but he, he won't be working significantly. His stepson will be another three years older then. I don't know what, what I, don't, I think he's quite young now. So that might take him to secondary school age, which, which might be a better time to make the move to America. If he's been AEW world champion in that time, that's the time to get, He's got, I'm sure he's got very good money, like huge money of AEW, but that's the time to get absolutely out that's your pension fund that's you're setting you up for the rest of your your existence and like everybody else you kind of 
I think that's the bit where he's going to get such a such a big deal. So I think Osprey will be okay. The thing with AEW is that God knows what that creative is going to look like, and God knows what the TV deal is going to look like. But Osprey, when I first saw Will Osprey, he was 21, this skinny kid trying to do double revolution moonsaults and killing himself, and I never thought that he'd get to this point because it was always he's a he's an in ring guy. He was great. A cruiser, a junior heavyweight cruiser, whatever you want to call him, became a heavyweight, put the weight on, had all the matches. Then all of a sudden, in the last, since the Omega thing, this time last year, he started cutting promos. And he's like, okay, this guy's got a, a very different delivery, can be quite serious, has has got a bit of a comedic timing as well. Whether that translates to doing promos week to week on television will, will, remains to be seen. But the guy's got something, and I think he can be a megastar. I, re, I really do, and I, and I, I'm perhaps I'm a little bit biased, but I, I I I'll put my hand up. I think in ring is the best wrestler that's ever walked the face of the earth. Okada, Omega, Misawa, I don't care who it is. He's had better. I for me, he's had better better matches than anybody else has ever had. And I, 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 it remains to be seen what he does on American TV week to week. Before we go into anything else, I am, I'm going to put the teaser out now on the show. I've put it on Twitter a couple of times. I'm going to answer the question who the greatest of all time is, Stephen, in the new year. I promise you I'm going to do it. And it's going to be based on the body of work that the wrestlers have put up. So okay. believe me, I'm going to do it. I already know the answer, by the way, but I'm not going to tell anyone until we have the show itself. Is it uh, Hacks or Jim Duggan? <laughs> of course it is. So, it's so obvious. So by the way, it's not a joke either. I'm going to answer the question. I look this, forward to it. And was this is going to be on an episode of the podcast or released on Twitter. How is this format going to work? It'll be an episode. As I say, I, I feel he should have gone to WWE and I get the AEW Wembley thing, but I also feel like in the next two, three years, there's a chance WrestleMania's in the UK. Yes. And that's surely the big one for any British yeah. wrestler ever. So that that's the only thing I'll say. But whatever, great signing for AEW. And they need it because there's another big story that's emerged in the last week or so. And that is that Kenny Omega's got another indefinite injury will be out of action they've already got problems with mjf and adam cole so that makes in a way makes the need for will osprey to be there even more because 2024 is supposed to be daniel bryan bryan danielson's last full-time year in the ring as well so aw is in a bit of a jam in regards to talent and health i would suggest it's osprey's contract not kicking until like february or something like that is that right yeah i think i think he's new japan deal is up on the 31st of January. He's working a Rev Pro Show on the 18th of February. I think he'll be available for them from from the build up to the Revolution pay per view. I think that I think the Rev Pro one is a one off. But then AW talent can work indie dates if it's approved by Tony Khan. They're still pretty fucking light on the ground, aren't they? I guess they're, yeah. they're light on the jettison. ground. You could probably jettison some people into the main event, you know, maybe. But yeah, who knows? Well, the, the the smart money, as far as I can tell, Stephen, is on Swerve Strickland. Is that not is that not likely to be the champion? Or to be the person who gets jettisoned into the main event. I mean, I, I, I just don't know what's going to happen with MJF. I, I must be honest in that I've got to a point recently where I can't stand it. I can't stand it. I can't. <laughs> I, I watched 30 or 45 minutes of it and I just and I've had time. This is not this is not a time thing now. I, I have got time to watch an hour of Dynamite and fast forward through the bits that I don't want to watch. But I've, I'm actively choosing not to. I'm watching mm. Jimmy Bullard playing golf versus someone rather than um, <laughs> rather legitimately. I actually, I'll tell you what's great as well. Any snooker fans out there, Stephen Hendry's Q-tips is 
fucking great. It's it's literally like him chatting to well, there's one with Bullard. I'm a bit obviously clearly obsessed with Bullard, but playing snooker and chatting about it. It's an unbelievable interview. If you've ever had any passing interest, there's like one with him and Steve Davis. It's really good. Um, but going back to AEW, I just find the show intolerable. You you I'll watch a little bit and you'll have a good match like you always do. Then you'll get an MJF promo and he'll say. Samoa Joe was never afforded the chance to be champion in WWE. And I'm like, okay, pretty sure I remember Samoa Joe challenging for the title on pay-per-view a couple of times. And then you look on cage match and you had like 55 career title matches. And you're like, okay, so what you're saying to me is Samoa Joe is never given the title in fake wrestling because wrestling's fake and it's WWE and, and everything and wrestling's fake. And then you get on the same show, the same show, the same show, Ric Flair in a pre-tape said that when him and Sting had the Clash of the Champions match, they didn't rehearse anything beforehand. <laughs> Bizarre. And I'm like, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't tolerate it. I'm sorry, I'm like, I can't tolerate that. I cannot, I have to turn it off at this point because I can't watch any more of it. And it's just not worth my, so I, I can't come on this podcast and say, I'm following the Continental Classic and I'm, I can't wait for the crowning of the North American Triple Crown Champion. I'm probably actually not going to buy the pay per view, which is which is uh, which is nuts. And if I had time, I would watch it. But I, that Sunday, I would rather be doing other stuff. I've got it's Fulham versus Arsenal that day. I want, it's New Year's Eve. I want to go and meet mates in the pub beforehand, and I won't be bothered to watch it the next day. So I'm not going to buy it. So I'm like, you, you, you're at, I'm at that point as a diehard wrestling fan. I would rather do something else. You know, it's, it's interesting as well because the Continental Classic, the, 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 them kicking that off, was the first thing I saw where I was like, I'm actually, my, I was interested. It piqued my interest because I was like, this is more what I think AEW should be doing. Yeah. You know, a bit more kind of sports based presentation, round robin into a knockout kind of format. That's great. That's what I think they should be doing most of the year wrapped, different things like that. But obviously, Ryan and other people to tell me if the quality's in, in, increased and uh, by the sounds of it, it hasn't. So well, all, all you need to do with that is if they said this is for a world title match at Revolution, I'd have been all over it. I would have. I think I would have legitimately kept up with it because I'm like, that's an interesting thing. Because then you can kind of like the G1. The G1 was always good because that's in the summer, and you know from the summer pretty much where the Tokyo Dome is going to go. So you've got this long build, even though they're not necessarily doing promos and stuff. You know it's going to be a Bushi versus a Carter or whoever. So that was an opportunity to build something for MJF or whoever it's got. Obviously, he's injured, so you don't know, we don't know if they're going to flip the title or not. Uh, it would have happened by now, wouldn't it? So we don't, we don't know if they flipped the title last night. But they, they fucking made up another belt. And, and this is the thing. Mm. like who, who is telling Tony Khan that what this promotion needs is another title? It doesn't make any sense. And that's the problem. The, the, the promotion's busted. That TV, I don't know whether you guys watched it, that TV in the pandemic was really really good wrestling television as, as as far as wrestling television could be in the pandemic when they had their crowd of 50 odd wrestlers making noise at ringside and then later on they had a social distance of 500 people or something i'd say four weeks out of five that show was at least a seven and a half out of ten some weeks it'd go up a little bit some weeks it would like the odd week it would be maybe be a six and a half but you'd never go away from it thinking that was a waste of two hours. There was loads of things that I, that were like red lines to me. I didn't I didn't want it. So I don't understand why now it's so bad. And it's it's, it's him. It's it's all down to one person, like it was with Vince in WWE. The buck stops with you. It's your fault. More tag, more titles are obviously not the thing. We don't want any more of those things. They have got some injury problems though, and I think that's that was the root of that particular one. Yeah, who sorry. knows whether they're going to change the title to? Who knows whether they're going to change the title with MJF and or they did it, I suppose, last night. And who knows what they're going to do going forward without Kenny Omega, who yeah sounds like he's getting close to being done, quite frankly, which mm. is a shame because he's a, a you know incredible wrestler, but. 
there we go. They never really booked him properly anyway. In fairness, though, I would suggest, Stephen, that you, you've been quite harsh on them the last sort of six months with him being in t- uh, trios and matches. Maybe this is the reason, because um, he wasn't capable of doing it. He, he said he's been carrying these, these injuries for a while, and it's obviously flared up. And diverticulitis, I believe he's yeah, got. Yeah, I guess this is sort of a condition. But I suppose if your body is breaking down, mm. I'm, I'm sure your ability to fight off stuff is 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 compromised, isn't it? The only thing I'll say is that I didn't watch during the pandemic, but I started watching early 2021. I watched for about six months. I was like, this is a really decent show week to week. Yeah. I'm really happy to watch this. Punk and Brian came in and went alpha cliff. And that's literally what happened. That's, mm. that's what happened. Okay, still got a few things to cover. So forgive me, we may have to race through these. I was interested in, well, first of all, obviously, AEW All In was at Wembley this week, this year, which was pretty massive. Stephen, you were there. I know that you enjoyed it. You got a ticket for the next one. So I think, I guess that's, that at least impressed you enough to get a ticket for the next one. Uh, yeah, unless the tickets were, and I managed to get some tickets at the same price as last year. Unless the tickets went like like an offensively high amount in terms of like, it was it was morally wrong to, to go. If it's at Wembley, if there's a, big wrestling event at Ruby Stadium it's it's an hour from my house yeah you know, it's easy I'm sleeping in my own bed that night you know I'm gonna go to it even if I'm if I've fallen out of love with the with the product uh, as I would have done a WWE show right in the right in the midst of Vince so yeah I mean I'm I haven't got any great expectations for it but hope you know hopefully Osprey Touchwood is fit and healthy and the promotion catches fire at some point next year but it remains between they've sold a lot of tickets again to be fair to them so we'll see and they're gonna have Taylor Swift stage which is nice so I look forward to seeing that was she performing there the same night or something? She's so it's Taylor. Sw- I am going to see Taylor Swift with my wife next summer at Wembley, actually. So I'm very much excited about that. Um, but she's added some extra dates the weekend before All In, and they had to seek an agreement with AEW for the load in, load out time. So that so that is why on the so basically one end of Wembley is not going to be sold because it's this it's her stage it's her stage so they're gonna i think they're gonna keep her staging and tweak and tweak it a bit for the wrestling basically so the, the setup is completely different the are always different everything's different in terms of the way that the stadium's gonna look i didn't i didn't watch all in but i saw pictures of it and the odd the odd uh video footage and i thought it looked really shit you know in terms of the way this the the stadium was laid out Mm. So that can only be a good thing, I suppose. Yeah. Right. I had four other things, but I'm going to kind of squash them all. Firstly, one of them was going to be Tammy Shitz jailed for 17 years for manslaughter, which is a pretty big story, I would suggest, for someone to be jailed for that long. Um, well, you know, obviously, the manslaughter in the first place is a sad end to what has already been a pretty harrowing story for pro wrestling. And another one where they shouldn't, should we shouldn't forget it. You know, wrestling is still dealing with the legacy of the sh- of the shit that it did yeah. in the past basically and i don't know and, and this isn't connected to that but another story of course where first of all we lost terry funk in 2023 and also probably more significantly not because of their position in wrestling but because of their age bray wyatt and jay briscoe died in 2023 mm. so they're pretty big as, as stories as well don't mean to just gloss over them but we've not got the time we went long on a lot of different other things. Any thoughts on anything quickly there? Terry Funk is it's one of those weird things actually where I never I've never I probably haven't seen the best of him. You know, no, I definitely haven't, to be honest. So my main kind of think think of, of Terry Funk is some of the ECW stuff, or admittedly mainly stuff I've seen via documentaries and you know, his chainsaw Charlie run 
in WWF and him getting choke slammed out of his sock out of his shoes by the Undertaker at the uh, at the King of the Ring 1998. But uh, no doubt that he was uh, a bit of a trailblazer and and very much in in contention I think by some people to be considered the goat. So rest in peace to Funker. Bray Wyatt's tragic. You know it's like this. This might sound like a like a I don't mean mean for this to come from the way, but we us as fans we'd seen the best of of Terry Funk. Do you know what I mean? And and he lived a long life, probably longer than a lot of us thought he would. The thing that makes the Bray Wyatt thing so sad and, and the um and the Jay Briscoe thing so sad is that obviously still reasonably young, young families and this just makes it so tragic. And I think in terms of like there are I don't know if we'd seen the best of them. I think about it back to like um if you get artists like Prince David Bowie die. It's obviously really sad, but we'd got the best out of them as consumers. Whereas I think of artists like I'm going very hip hop specific here, but I think of artists like Biggie, Jay Diller, Mac Miller, these people who who you didn't know what there could potentially be. You know, you didn't know what their art could evolve into, and 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 that that in itself from a from a fan perspective is always really tragic as well so yeah it's been a sad year on that front and then we've got the last two things where first of all wwe visited canada puerto rico saudi arabia and the uk all with premium live events this year and next year perth france and berlin with premium live events wwe international expansion is happening and i think they've decided to we've won america we're now moving on to the rest of the world pretty much yeah and we deserve it (laughs) <laughs> yeah, love it. I'm looking forward to watching Elimination Chamber live because I understand that's going to be Australian prime time to be our morning, which will be great. So on no, a Saturday. Good. Yeah, that'll be a fun novelty, wouldn't it? Yeah. So the final thing, and we've discussed it before, but I want to just revisit one last time. Roman Reigns defeats Cody Rhodes in the main event of WrestleMania 40. Now, to be honest, well, uh, 39, sorry. Now, to be honest, we'll be talking about this when we review the show itself because it's coming up in our WrestleMania series. But for me, it's it's the defining booking decision of the year. It made you, Stephen, stop watching WWE for a good few months, certainly, and remains, I think, probably one of the more points of consternation between us as a, as a as a kind of uh, in terms of our opinion on what happened there. What do you think, Stephen? What you know, give us give us your. Are you still feeling that they should have won? Okay, so I think that they've stumbled into a really interesting situation with Punk and Rollins that. Uh, so I I disagreed completely about bringing that world title back, and I've argued all year that agreed Cody should just won and you don't do the world title. But now you, I can't say if if they knew Punk was coming back and this was this was the, the spot you're going to get into, and that Cody was going to be this over still, then is, obviously they didn't know that. But yeah. I can't argue with it now, really, where we are. The thing is, though, Stephen, this is the bit I've never understood about the argument because mm. those two are not they're independent of each other. Reigns yeah, could I have do. kept the world title, could have kept the universal title, and you never, you still don't need to introduce the world heavyweight title. They're two different things to me. Yeah, I, I, so okay, that's so the bit I keep getting hung up on. I'm like, it doesn't matter. Like, if you don't agree with Roman Reigns winning, that's one thing. But then to link it to the world heavyweight title, that's a different thing. <laughs> so, so I, I think this link, I think the reason it's linked is because I think if if Cody had won the titles at WrestleMania, I don't think you, I, I think the reason that he created that. It's because he wanted to fill the pay-per-views that didn't have Roman on it with a world title match and have a world title on the brand. So I think if Cody had won the title, then I don't think you get that. I don't think you get that with Rollins. Um, So that's why I think it's connected. But I can't right now. The Royal Rumble is more interesting with Punk and Cody going for stuff. I don't think there'll be a different winner out of those two. I, I still I still would have done it, but I think the introduction of Punk and where we're going, similarly for WrestleMania, is the first time I think, well, actually, has he fallen into 
a better scenario here but without punk i would stand by that cody should have won but that but we, we are where we are i'm looking forward to the royal rumble i'm looking forward to wrestlemania the, for me the world heavyweight title did not need to be introduced either way mm. i don't th- i mean i i have no issue with them they you know they they could easily have elevated and have to some extent the intercontinental title the u.s title like there's there's absolutely no problem with that you didn't need to and if no, you wanted I, a, I agree completely and on. if you wanted yeah. another world championship merge them two yeah put them two together like that makes sense as a, if you really want another world championship put those two titles together and then you don't have as many titles but for me they didn't need to do it and i still believe roman reigns was the right choice to win that match and i still maintain they shouldn't go back to cody in the ring for it. i just don't know understand what the obsession with it is like what would you do then it's a very good question and i'm not sure i can answer it right now mm. but i think that anything they can do to avoid it they should because i think you can do it again like you can do it whenever you want and i'm not saying don't give the title to cody i'm saying fine do it but you don't need to do it at wrestlemania you don't need to do it you don't need to do it until you need to do it. And I don't think you need to do it right now. I still think Roman Reigns is the hottest thing in the business. I still think that having him defend the title four or five times a year is fine. Great. Love it. I actually find, think it makes the title more exclusive, yeah. more exciting, more interesting. I love the fact that Ellie Knight had a title shot. And now it feels like he won't get one for a long time because he's had his chance and missed it. I love that. I think that's a great bit of booking. I, I think that's exactly how you want your world title to feel. I hate the fact that no title matches ever seem to matter because you knew everyone was going to get another title shot at some point down the line. Mm. It doesn't feel like that anymore. It really feels like, God, this if this guy doesn't win, he's not going to get another chance for another three years. And that's great. I really like that. There's, I, there's, I think it's in a really interesting place at the moment, but definitely because of the fact that Roman's still the champion, because you've got feasibly a lot of people who could genuinely challenge him for this as well at the moment because you've got Seth obviously he's got the title at the moment you've got Cody you've got Punk there's obviously the Spectre who always looms over everything it's Brock Lesnar as well that you can you can chuck at that although I think it'd be a massive waste to lose the title to Lesnar but and then you've got loads of other people like Jay so Kevin Sammy Drew all these people who can also be elevated I think it's in a really good place at the moment and that's not to say I've, I've completely derailed this because it's got really nothing to do with Cody not winning but that means there's a lot more interesting chases to the title I suppose with Roman Reigns still holding on to it I did want Cody to win or at WrestleMania but I, I I don't think anyone took it as badly as you did Steve I think it um, was a combination of that and Vince coming back yeah uh, yeah that was that was the real kicker on that Monday yeah I, I think you felt like it was Vince's choice that's yeah that's yeah why yeah. why it hurt so much and I don't think mm. it was I think I'm not sure it was in this in was time this was yeah. the plan Triple H had. And, yeah. you know, and I have always said that like, Triple H does struggle with that, with giving you that final kind of victory for the main baby face and then mm. them having a, a, a glorious title reign, if you like. I think he's, and I think he may still struggle. We haven't really, we haven't seen it yet. You know, we haven't seen him deliver on that. No, no I, by all accounts, I was going to mention it earlier, actually, because apparently you, you were talking about Vince Man, like when he came back and left and got sacked and whatever. I can remember reading about the Raw after Mania that he was back for and all the last minute changes and apparently it was absolutely appalling and morale just went immediately through yeah. the floor. I reckon all the Ari was like, <laughs> I don't want this. It's, it's, it's been a great year. It's been a fascinating year in terms of pro wrestling. And I think that's the, the point I wanted to make is this has been a, it's an era shifting year because of the Vince McMahon thing, because AEW is, it seems to be on the brink in a number of different ways. And yet also, in some ways has never been more healthy given that that Wembley appearance like you don't nobody sells 
60, 70,000 plus tickets anywhere but the WWE. And AEW mm. did it. You know, like that, that should be massive to anybody to realize that happened. But then in the same time, as you said, you've got the TV deal, you've got the creative problems, you've got the injuries. Like it's mad everything that's going on. Next year, Brian Danielson's last full time year apparently could be put back, quite frankly, given and wouldn't be surprised if it is given that Omega is now injured potentially forever and, you know, you've got other problems with their injuries. You've got all the continued international expansion of the WWE, the second all in. What's going to happen at WrestleMania? Punk's back. It's it's exciting. It's exciting times. It is exciting times. Yeah, absolutely. Great time to be leaving a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> right, guys. Thank you very much for this. I, I know it's gone on longer than we expected, extended and everything, and we are all exhausted. So I'll let you go now. Thank you, Stephen and Tom. Thank Cheers, you, mate. both. We're back again Cheers, next lads. week. Take care. Cheers. Bye, 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 bye.